Blog Talk Radio. This is One on One with Jasper Cole, Hollywood's bad guy, and so much more. Actor, talent manager, producer, and more. Now he's sitting down with today's top newsmakers from entertainment, politics, pop culture, and beyond. This is One on One with Jasper Cole. Welcome, welcome to a early morning edition of One-on-One with Jasper Cole. This is your host, Mr. Jasper Cole, and it's bright and early in Palm Springs, California. Uh, We're coming to you on a a special time and a special day because we have a very special guest today. We're going to be speaking with multiple Emmy-winning actor and producer, Mr. Eric Nelson, who stars, uh, continues to stars on the upcoming season of The Bay as Daniel Garrett, and uh, you can catch The Bay on Amazon Prime, as well as Popstar TV. We have so much to talk to uh, with Eric about. He's a uh, young husband, a young father. You notice the word young is used many times there. Um, He's accomplished so much at, at, at a really great young age. Can't wait to dive into that conversation. Please follow us on social media. We're at Jasper Cole says S A Y S on Twitter and Instagram, and also one on one with Jasper Cole on Facebook. You can go to the website jaspercole.com, and we have a link there. And also, be sure to uh, catch our archive shows on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker, and our host page, BS Podcast Network, which is every Thursday night, 7 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, this week's episode, you'll get to hear uh, Robin Griggs from our live show this past week. And um, yeah, so everyone uh, follow, follow us, subscribe to us, tell your friends about us. And um, I can't wait to bring on my trusted sidekick at this point, the very talented Mr. Ralph Cole Jr. <laughs> Jasper, good morning, planet Earth. The day is bright and sunny down. <laughs> How are you? Rise and shine and give Lord the glory, glory. Rise and shine. <laughs> Woo-hoo. Hi, everybody. I'm just, hi, little ladybugs. I'm just out representing y'all today. I How's love everybody it. doing on this bright and early morning? Oh, God. Can we talk about the Electoral College for a second? Way, yay. Let's just give it up for Mr. President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala. Kamala. It is Kamala, not, not Kamala, not Kamala. Let's say Kamala, Vice President, first African-American slash Indian slash whatever female vice president. Yeah, so it, that makes it an exciting time. So I'm glad some things are becoming solidified and that there comes a time when people have to just say, okay, I've lost and I've got to move on. Yeah, I mean, you know, Ralph, can you imagine after every audition, which are most of the ones that we don't book, uh, <laughs> can you imagine we just burn down the building and like whoever, like whoever books the job, we just go after them on Twitter and Instagram exactly. for, the, for, for months saying it's rigged. 
It's yeah, I know. It, yeah, exactly. <clears throat> so I'm glad um, there is some justice to be had. That I mean, you know, there there's always some kind of light at the end of tunnels, and I feel that this new governmental transition will be one of those lights. And like we've discussed before, it's never. <clears throat> There's always going to be problems, and he, mm-hmm. the new government, is uh, 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 inheriting lots of problems. But at least it's going to be laced with graciousness and compassion, and and feeling that and sanity, not insanity. Right. I mean, because we have, I said it's going to be laced with sanity as opposed oh, sanity. to in, in, insanity. Absolutely. You thought I said Xanadu? Always got a musical number in your head at all times. I I love it. No, I appreciate the fact that, um, yeah, there's going to be some sense of sanity. I feel like, you know, we're writing without an an engineer right now, and we're going to soon get back on track. So. I'm happy yeah, we, for that. We've got we've got a madman at the controls for the next what forty days. You know, it's like mm-hmm. could we just? I you know I have I have predicted all year that one scenario could be that Trump will resign before January twentieth, and Pence will pardon him on federal crimes or whatever. The bottom line is, he he I think he's going to be out of the White House. I don't think he's coming back after the holidays anyway. I think he's going to permanently moved down to Mar-a-Lago. So I hope he, and honestly, I hope he does not go to go to the inauguration. He will be such a distraction. Mm-hmm. You know, he, all he'll, mm-hmm. I mean, who knows what he'll do to, to cause an uproar at the swearing in ceremony. We just can't trust him. Right. Right. And no, I see what you're saying. It's like at a wedding when they say, if anybody has any objections to this marriage, please speak now. And then there's that dreaded silence, like, oh, God, is anybody going to say anything? There's always that one crazy drunk uncle, right, in the family. Mm-hmm. That's the embarrassment. Unfortunately, that's been our president for the last four years, that that one drunk, crazy uncle that, you know, in the South, we just sit those people on the front porch in a rocking chair. And let people <laughs> and let them just sit out. In this country, apparently, we decided to elect him president. But it's over. Democracy has won. Now, of course, he's still eyeing for January fifth. January fifth is when Congress has to officially accept the electoral votes, which you know the vice president has to do that. Um, Biden did it for Trump four years ago. They keep showing the clips of Biden graciously you know, roll calling, accepting the votes, declaring Trump president. So Mm -hmm. we're going to assume that Mike Pence does that on January 5th, hopefully. I see. Wow. Because what they're they're trying to do is to get some of the uh, states to to have the congressional, you know, because don't forget that he got 126, you know, how uh, congressman to go along with that Texas lawsuit. So mm-hmm. I don't think, I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's, you know, we did it, but listen, up until just this moment we, with him, we just never know. There's never a sense of like, what's going to happen next. You know? Right. I mean, you just never know. So anyway, it, it's, it's a new day and we got the vaccine started yesterday. And I, again, I used to laugh and say, Watch the moment Trump is 
loses the election, the vaccines will be approved. <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> because mm-hmm. you, you know good and well, because you know most of the vaccines, especially Pfizer, they were all developed in Europe. They were not developed here. So, you know, Europe was just waiting for Trump to lose to to say that they, the vaccines were ready. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they started yesterday. So far, you know, no no major side effects. Of course, that's going to take. It's just going to be, you know, everybody, everybody's body is different. So um, we hear there's so many people who react to the flu shot, you know, which happens. Um, mm-hmm. But we've turned a corner for sure. I think we're heading in the right direction. What do you think about the two shot regime? Do you think most the, the same Americans who can't remember to wear a mask, do you think they're going to go back exactly on the 21st day? And get their shot, second shot? Well, I would hope so. I mean, once again, people that care about their health and the health of others will do that. If you're going to just get the first vaccine and then never get the second one, then it's like not wearing a mask. So, you know, I have no hope for uh, the people anymore with humanity after I see this past year how people have reacted to a deadly pandemic. So, I know. about our government, there are no guarantees. I mean, <clears throat> I, I'm very steadfast and diligent. So once I am able to get the vaccine and if they, whenever they say you need to return on this day to get the next one, I'll be there for that. You know, so let's hope. Oh, me too. Do. Me too. Yeah. Let's hope these are free. Do. The vaccines are free. So there's no, there's no reason. There's no excuse except just people, m- making it a priority right because we need every we need as many people as possible to be vaccinated to help with the herd uh immunity and to try to really keep this away yeah like i heard 75 to 85 percent by dr fauci of americans need to take the vaccine you know so that's what dawned on me yesterday like i've always i've up till now i've always been hesitant about the vaccine because it's all been happening so fast by the time i'm eligible to receive the vaccine there will have been enough data to show what side effects are happening i i don't know how do we decipher whether the vaccine is really working you know like is it really going to keep covid-19 away but the point I'm making is that I, I need to take the vaccine once it's available to me, just the same way I have to wear a mask when I go to the store to be responsible for myself and others. So, <clears throat> And I'm thinking, the, I think the, the two marker will be, um, we'll know when the number of cases start declining, you mm-hmm. know, when, when the rate of infection starts going down and they can target individual cities and uh, they'll know exactly how many people have taken the vaccine in which areas, mm-hmm. in which so we're all in the database, you know. So mm-hmm. um, I think they'll be able to tell. And now the other thing people have to understand is if just because you get the vaccine doesn't mean you you have to stop wearing a mask and social distancing. While it will protect us from getting it, there's no guarantee yet that we still can't spread it after we've had the vaccine. Mm-hmm. So that's going to have to continue. Fauci said that could go up to a year or more of continuing the, the mask and the social distancing. And like we've talked about before, I think I've turned a corner. I'm going to always wear a mask on airplanes. I'm always going to wear a mask if I know I'm going to be in a crowd of people. 
Um, mm-hmm. And I won't be shaking hands ever again. Um, and I doubt I'll be hugging a lot of strangers. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just not going to be part of my, n- not that, as you know, I was that affectionate to begin mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> to begin with, but um but there is that just it's it's a reflex we have, right? And right, it's a new reflex that we have, you know. Yeah, to to replace the old one, which is a just a natural like wanting to shake someone's hand, you know. Or I don't even like the the elbow bump. I'm thinking, do we? Because to elbow bump, you got to get within six feet. Right, and then there was that horrible little revelation. I don't know some Japanese. Uh, researchers were saying that we should really be that the virus could travel 15 feet you Mm -hmm. know so and it becomes like you know once again I've always felt like we're living in a quagmire of virus always trying to avoid it as best we can like look at all these tv productions I mean every every day yeah I mean it's like yeah they're getting content out there and 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 our guest that's coming on can attest to the fact that they were able to keep their production running and to mm-hmm. provide the planet with new content. But all these shows, shows that we know our friends have just been on, and now mm-hmm. people are testing positive. It's like, wow, you're really trying – we're all trying to live through a, a maze. It's like we're going – through a, a, a maze, a virus maze, trying to avoid the virus, you know, and so far, most of us, uh, the pe- pe- not most of us, I should say, so far, the people that I am in contact with, we have avoided it, and hopefully that will continue, but when you hear of these stringent COVID protocols and positivity, positive cases are still cropping up, that mm-hmm. just it makes it scarier than when I am at Trader Joe's because none of us at Trader Joe's have been tested that morning before walking into the store. You know, right. the only thing I, mean, I can some, do some have, but you would have no way of knowing. And you know, exactly. I mean, my only protection, my only feeling feeling of security in a Trader Joe's situation is that everyone is wearing a mask. We are social distancing as best we can. Waiting in line is the best social distancing. When, when you're mm-hmm. in the market going all around, they have directional arrows on the floor of how you're supposed to be going, but you always have to pass somebody somehow. But right. I'd like to believe that, you know, I've never been around anyone that was wearing a mask and still hacking and sneezing. And so, so far, every time I've been out these last nine months and the people that I'm around in the grocery market, we're not sneezing and coughing we're, and we are wearing a mask. So I want to believe that that is what has saved me so far. You know, well, oh, I what, know. You, what you just said was, uh, think about it. I don't see, I don't see a lot of hacking and sneezing at all. I mean, it's, we've gone through cold season. We're in the flu season. And I, I really believe that all of this hand washing and, Social distancing has kept that to a minimum because honestly, usually this time of year, people are eat up with the flu and with colds. And I, I rarely see it now, right now. When I mean, of course, I leave the house once a week, but when <laughs> when I'm out when I'm out and about, I don't know of a single person who's had the flu or a bad cold this year. So yeah, I now that yeah, well, I'm only around one other person, so I don't really know. Yeah, I know what you're saying though. I haven't 
Like I haven't been out in the populace. I haven't mm -hmm. been shot not in the malls or anything. Like I said, I'm only in the supermarket. So it hasn't been like a cough storm there. So hopefully that will help for this flu season. My question is, if you've already had COVID, can you still get the vaccine? Do you know the yeah, answer? They're saying, yeah, they're saying you should definitely get it because um, there's no guarantee that the that you actually have any immunity have, having had it. And even if you do, the immunity probably only lasts for a short period of time. You know, there mm. are people that have gotten it multiple times, have gotten the virus multiple times now. Oh. Oh, yeah. If you Google, Google that later. Um, oh, well, my dad has a friend. He's had it three times in Georgia. Oh, wow. And, and each, time, each time it's gotten worse for him. So, hmm. yeah, there's no guarantee now that, yeah, there's a whole group now showing that there are people being reinfected. And it seems like it's worse the second time you get it than it was the first. And so, I wonder how they're getting reaffected. Is it because of their behavior or is it that the, their behavior was fine, but the virus never went away the first time in their system? I mean, that's that's questionable. Well, they, they've tested negative, you know, after a certain point of time. And then and then all the symptoms came back and they were positive again. So that's just what makes me still so nervous about going to the TV set. I mean, you know, like these latest reports from Deadline about the sh productions that have shut down, the infections have happened in zone A or in zone one. I haven't been on a set yet, so I, I think that zone is the cast and crew. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I guess I just get, I just am still so trepidatious because. You know, like I see these fabulous photos that you send of our friends on the set, and they're all just face-to-face -face with big Christmas smiles. And I'm thinking, <laughs> okay, they've, they've all had the test. They've all come back negative. Mm -hmm. but, then we, but then we know that those rapid tests are not always reliable. You know, right. so it's, it's, it's such a weird dynamic. It's like I love looking at the fabulous smiley photos thinking like, are we all, you know, it's like there's still always that question. Unfortunately, we can never use the, the word 100% yet. No. You know, uh, if, if we could use the word 100%, that would make us feel so much better. But it's like, you know. Well, again, we've, you and I have talked about our binary thing. N nothing ever in life is going to be 100%, you know. So that's it, pretty much with anything. The flu shot is not 100%, you know. The vaccine of the flu, you can still get the flu. Um, mm -hmm. People still get the flu. It just apparently helps minimize the the symptoms. So, right. and I, yeah, I think that's something we just have to realize. It's never nothing's ever guaranteed. Um, and like you said, I I know several people who quote unquote have done quote everything right, and they still have tested positive. So exactly. Yeah. So, and it's like, so, and what did they do? You know, we're, are, we're never going to know what did they do quote unquote wrong. You know, if you're working on a network show and you're getting tested and doing all the zones and all of that, what did you do to still get it? And that's what makes me so nervous. Well, it could you have know. been that it could be one second when you had your mask off, you know, mm -hmm. doing your lines in the scene. I right. mean, anytime we have our mask off, especially inside, um, that's what scared me about going to the dentist, you know, even though 
I just don't like to be inside anywhere right now with a mask off. I feel much mm-hmm. safer out, outside. Mm-hmm. And they've, mm-hmm. they've proven that you are safer outside. Um, but yeah, like anything, you know, that you could just, you could scratch your nose, you know, forget and scratch your nose and you have the virus on your hand. Right, right. It's or, just, or, you, or you rub your eye or something, you know, and you, right. you end up getting it. So it's just one of those, but like you said, the good news is we're, it's a, it's, we've made tremendous progress. You know, we, um, we're, we've turned the corner literally, um, re, not when Trump says we've turned the corner, but we have turned the corner. So, um, well, listen, speaking of turning a corner, left turn here, uh, <laughs> it's time to bring on our very special guest. As I mentioned in the intro, he's a multiple Emmy winning actor and producer he's a tony award nominee he and his wife have also produced a broadway show i want to talk to him about that you know he's part of a the amazing show the bay and everyone here knows that we've had so many great actors and people from the the bay on so at this time everyone please welcome the amazing mr eric nelson hey guys I just took a uh, a bow in my in my office by myself after that applause. <laughs> <laughs> it just felt well. Right. Then, well, then you come to the right place, definitely. Oh God, <laughs> Eric, welcome to our show. This is Ralph. How are you? I'm good, Ralph. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm happy to be here. Oh, uh, we're you, happy. To have you. We love multi hyphenates and energetic performers, so we are eager to talk to you. Wonderful. Yeah. Can you can you hear me okay? Is my audio all right? Yeah. Yeah, you sound great. Now, are you are you um, are you in Texas or I, I? You're all over the country, so I never know where, what part of the world you're in. <laughs> yes, right now uh, we are we are we're in Texas. We're in okay, Fort Worth, great. to be specific. Yeah, that's a beautiful area. My my niece lives close to Dallas, so um, oh, nice. yeah, so it's great up we there. We love it. Well, we've can, got we've got so much family down here, so it's. And, you know, we had our, our daughter uh, 14 months ago, so to I kind know. of be around the family uh, during all this has been uh, such a lifesaver. What wow, a beauty. Eric, what a beauty Eric, your daughter is, too. She's such a cutie. What's her name? <laughs> Thank you so much. Her name is Molly Morgan. Oh, oh great. A good, now, a how- good southern double name. Exactly. I love it. Exactly. Eric, how has it been manip- maneuvering with your family during this pandemic? Uh, you know, it's been interesting because before the pandemic started, I was flying to New York once a week, basically. Mm. I'd, I'd fly out Sunday night, record all day Monday, and then either get the red eye out Monday night or early Tuesday morning back home. Uh, since the pandemic, I haven't had to fly anywhere. I mean, I went to California uh, for a bit when we shot the Bay. Um, but as far as work goes, it's most of my stuff I've been doing has been remote. Um, mm-hmm. So it's 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 given me the time with, you know, my daughter, which has been amazing. Um, yeah. And the time to really, you know, <laughs> slow things down and, and, and kind of take a breath for once. Uh, so it was kind of a nice, you know, the, the silver lining for me was just kind of a nice rejuvenation to, uh, uh, to sit still for once. <laughs> it's been years mm-hmm. since I've been right. able to do that. So that's mm-hmm. been the silver lining for sure. I see. No, well, I like the way you use the word rejuvenation. I like that. Yeah, well, yeah. Very much I mean, was. you've been so busy, like you said. I mean, you're 
you've started uh, did you start as a, a child actor how old were you when you actually started in the business I started professionally working in New York when I was 13 that's what I figured yeah wow mm-hmm. that's amazing yeah and I kind of jumped right into the deep end as soon as we got to New York um, and once things started taking off which kind of happened right away which was just so crazy it's kind of right place right time I guess um and yeah, and it just hasn't stopped since then. So I feel like <laughs> since 13 years old, I've been living this adult after uh, work life. And so finally at 29, I can just step back for even a little period of time to kind of enjoy uh, what matters most in life to me right now, which is, of course, my daughter and family. So it's been great. Well, and also wow. getting to getting to leave at Los Angeles. I mean, as much as we we all love L.A., I think sometimes, especially when you – when you you have a child, you start thinking about, hmm, there might be a better place, an easier place, you know, to to do this. Props to everyone Absolutely. in L.A. who has kids, but you're fortunate that your your in-laws and the family was there in Texas. Yeah, and it's also nice, too, because I really am centrally located. So if I do need to go to New York, it's a lot shorter flight. And if I have to get to L.A., it's a quick flight as well. So I really like that because we're way up north in Texas, too. So it's it's a lot closer to <laughs> New York right. than I was before in LA. Um, Eric, I wanted to ask when you were flying from Texas to New York on each week, what were you recording in New York? That was for I was actually flying from LA to New York each week because we were we were we were in LA. Oh um, yeah, we were in LA for five years and just left uh, the end of February. Okay. Um, I was flying back and forth for a couple different shows that I was recording on. Uh, one was called uh, Dickinson, uh, which is an Apple TV show. Um, and so that was basically the whole first part of the year was flying to New York every week for that, which was mm-hmm. fun. Um, and then I figured it would be an easier flight from Texas. And then two weeks after we moved, the whole world shut down. So the timing of it all just couldn't <laughs> have been better for us, at least. Well, when you would, when you did the All My Children reboot, I call it, um, was that shot in New York as well? It was actually shot in Connecticut. Okay. Yeah, so we so, would um, – they would, you know, have a car for us that would drive us to set each morning, and then at the end of the day it would drive us back into the city because I was living in New York at that time. Oh, you were. So, okay, right. All right. Yeah. So you, yeah. That, that made it easier not, not flying cross-country. Oh, yeah, exactly. I think we had a couple actors that were – they had to put up uh, at hotels cause, or apartments because they were from L.A., uh, mm-hmm. but a good amount of us were uh, New Yorkers, so it made it a lot easier. Well, I have to tell you, uh, congrats on all your work on the Bay. You know, I, I'm an Emmy voter, and your your season with Sean Patrick, the with your father on the show, I mean, the year that you – the last, I think the last year you won for supporting, right – your your work on that, you two together were was phenomenal. I mean, it was such great work. Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much. You know, he was such a such a giving actor too, and such a a great guy to work with. And I was a huge fan before even knowing that he was going to play my father. So it was <laughs> uh, it was it was a really cool moment for me. And then uh, to to have such a, a great experience with him on set made it that much better. Um, and I do think that helps, and that definitely transcends on screen when, when you've got those actors that um, you actually can kind of just develop chemistry with offset right away. It makes a huge difference. 
And you've been so blessed. You've worked with so many, Christopher Lloyd and Bruce Dern. I mean, you've had, I'm sure there's many more, but you've had so so many great experiences, like I said, throughout this long career you've already had at 29. So do you enjoy that? I mean, you know, do you enjoy listening to the stories and and just soaking it all in? Oh, 100%. And I'm so the type that, like, once, you know, we get comfortable with each other, I, I just, I'll sit right next to them and just, I want to hear it all. And uh, most of them going, you know, they're storytellers, so they they, they enjoy yeah. telling story, right? So it's yes. the the book I hope to write one day was just the stories that I've heard from, from these legends over the years. And um, it, it's, it really is, even today, uh, a pinch me moment each time, um, you know, you're, you're sharing a set with with somebody of that caliber, um, and that's that's really what um, you know I strive to to try to do in each project is work with somebody new that I admire and look up mm-hmm. to, and you know that that obviously helps me grow as an actor as well. So it's 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 been a blessing, man. I mean, there's been some cool people that I've gotten to share some sets with, and you know one one time in particular, it's a crazy story. I was living on uh, 45th Street in Manhattan with my wife, Sainty, who I believe at the time uh, we were engaged. And uh, I was working on this film called The Walk Among the Tombstones with Liam Neeson. And they, uh, they sent me the call sheet for my first day of shooting. And I got to shoot in the apartment building right across the street from where I lived. I could look out my oh window. Oh, my God. In our that never happens. See the set on 45th oh, wow. Street. <laughs> I mean, it was just crazy. That never, ever, wow. ever happened. But, never. Yeah. So all my family, like, it was a closed set because of Liam and everything. But I was like, hey, guys, just come up to my apartment. You can watch the whole thing go down. And so they all got to watch. Oh, my God. I wanted, Eric, I wanted to just laugh and joke with you and go, and you were still late to set. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my no, God! Can you, ima- can you imagine? We don't get lit. We're never late. I don't know about these LA guys, so. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, that would be so typical. Somebody would still be late. Oh my God, that's sad. Um, yeah, so I'm assuming, assuming it was great working with Liam. Oh yeah, oh yeah. He's yeah. he's the man. I mean, he really he's making people laugh all day, and you know he's such a overwhelming presence, just like even physically, he's such a big guy, um, and I'm not that tall so oh. you know right away right. Like, oh my god Liam Neeson is everything I, I expected him to be and more and just like you know just such yeah. a presence well don't you find Ralph and I t- talk about this too because we're like old veterans at this point but I have found in my career that the bigger the star honestly m- most of the time they've been the most generous the most laid back the most you know the ones uh, <laughs> Honestly, the ones that have been, quote, difficult that I've worked with are not the big stars most of the time. Mm. It's it's the ones who don't have that pedigree yet, you know, and because uh, yep. there's nothing worse than you you look forward to working with, quote, someone you really respect. And then, you know, you you meet them or you work with them and it doesn't quite live up to it. So I'm always I feel blessed as well when the person turns out to be a really cool person. I agree. And then it just makes so much sense. Like, of course, you've had longevity in the career and you are at the mm-hmm. top of the top because people want to work with you. You're a great guy. You're, you know, you don't take any of this for granted. Um, and I, just like you, I, the same thing. I've had nothing but great experiences with 
with uh, those those actors and the ones exactly like you said, the ones that <laughs> ruffle the feathers and think they're too cool for school are the ones that are trying to prove themselves that haven't yet. I think mm. it is yeah, really interesting. It, as you as you go as your career continues and you get older and older, you'll start noticing. Ralph and I will we'll think of someone along the way, like we'll we'll think of a project and I'll say, "Oh my God, I whatever happened to such and such, right?" And I'll look them up and it's like, "Hmm, interesting. They had a nice little run there for a moment, and then, you know, things didn't continue." So I'm part of me sometimes thinks, "Hmm, karma's a bitch," but um, yeah, I know. <laughs> Uh, no, yeah. and I think that all the time. I'm like, how did this person get this job? He's not a good person. And no. you're right. I, it'll be interesting to, to see in, in years from now if that is still the case. And uh, hopefully you would expect it to catch up to them because um, there's, there's, no, there's no need for that. There's, we're all in one of the hardest industries in the world. And it's like, come on, let's, let's always scratch each other's backs and, and, and be working yeah. as a team on these, on these projects. Exactly. <laughs> Well, that's exactly what you guys have done on the Bay. I mean, we praise every show when we have um, a Bay cast member. We always give props to Gregory and Christos and the whole team there because you've been you've been with the show from the beginning, right? Yeah, I mean, from not the very very beginning. There was a they had a, a little period of time uh, when it was first started out um, where I wasn't, but then I came right on. I think it was um, like 2013 or 14. Okay. So basically the beginning. I mean, it was it was still very much the little engine that could, and then it mm-hmm. kept you know trucking on and trucking on and growing and growing and growing. And then, as you know now, it's just you know it, it, it's a massive blossomed into this yeah incredible show. And like you said, Gregory um, and Christos have really pioneered this whole thing, um, you know, under under Gregory's leadership. And he's done such a great job at not only um, creating such a um, iconic show, but creating such a family behind it that of mm-hmm. actors that um, truly on and off screen um, have such strong relationships. And it's been, uh, for me, the, the coolest show I've been a part of for that reason um, is just the relationships that, that Gregory's harvested and, you know, he's kind of weeded out the actors that you mm-hmm. know, weren't on that level and, and held on to the ones that were. And so now we've got this well-oiled machine with a bunch of incredible people that I pray I get to work with for the rest of my life. Mm. Well, talk about this, um, this new season, which by the way, everyone, if you're just joining us, we're talking to the wonderful actor, Eric Nelson. He is obviously Daniel Garrett on the Bay, um, which is now on Amazon prime and also on Popstar TV. What's happening. Um, where is Daniel in this new season without, you know, giving too much away? Yeah. Uh, t- today, actually at uh, three p.m. Eastern, which is coming up soon, a uh, brand new episode uh, comes out, and it's a highly emotional episode for Daniel. So I'm really excited for for the viewers for today. Um, but Daniel, I mean, he's been on a, on a journey through the show. Uh, you know, he was a really lost, uh, troubled uh, young guy, um, really into drugs. Um, are you guys there? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. We're here. Cool. Mm-hmm. My, my phone beeped for something weird. Um, okay. <laughs> and then, you know, we found out that he was struggling with him, you know, his sexuality and himself uh, as a as a human. Um, so that kind of led us 
into the idea of why he was acting out the way he was. Um, and he was very, you know, didn't have much support, he thought, throughout his journey. And now he's at this place of certainty within himself. Uh, he's grounded. Um, he uh, is, um, you know, making commitments in life to not only himself but to others, um, which we've never seen much of. We've never seen him do that before. Um, mm-hmm. So his growth, it's been even mostly this season has, as a, you know, as a human being has, has is really being uh, in the spotlight this season. And um, he goes, uh, you know, emotionally to a place he's never gone to. And uh, it was really beautiful for me to be a part of his journey because uh, it really has been such a great arc as an actor to be able to play that full circle um you know, basically feels full circle for me um, from where he came from to where he is now. So as as the episodes keep pouring out, um, you're going to see some of the biggest changes in uh, Daniel Garrett's life coming up. So it's, it's very exciting. Oh, wow. Exciting. And you you get to do such great work with Mike Mike Manning as well, who, who we love and we've had on the show. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. He's awesome. Now let me ask you because you know when you when you first assuming the character how how long uh, did you know ahead of time that this character was going to end up being gay or dealing with that or did it just sort of evolve with Gregory's writing over the years? Uh, it kind of evolved. It definitely evolved. I, I had no idea. Gregory does a really good job at um, <laughs> keeping the, the upcoming stories a secret. Uh-huh. Um, he'll, of course, always ask, you know, what we're comfortable with and not comfortable with as far as pushing boundaries. Um, right. And so I, you know, I, he knew my comfortability as an actor from the start. Um, and I kind of just threw it all in his hands and said, you know, take me where you want to take me. And um, that's kind of just how it all unfolds. So before he gives us the new upcoming season, um, he, he doesn't tell us really anything about it. You know, he gets right. excited and he's like, he's got good stuff, but it's really, really hush-hush until he sends us the script and it's always just right before we're about to start shooting. Um, so, you know, the, the mystery of it always is really exciting. But, you know, once my character took that turning point um, of, you know, coming to terms with his sexuality and such, I kind of then had an idea of where things were going to be going. Um, right. But even, even still, uh, there were, there were a lot of, um, you know, turns in the season that's airing right now that I didn't see coming. So it is still exciting uh, as an actor to have the idea of where your character is going, but still, mm-hmm. uh, still having those curveballs that even, you know, throw me off they, that, that make me wanting to come back more and more. Yeah. That's exciting. Well, totally. I, you know, it's interesting because in this t- in this time that we live now and we think we've made so much progress and we have, but I wanted to ask you because I'm sure either you've talked about this, you're tired of hearing it or whatever, but what do you what do you think about when it's so funny to me because people will find out that there's a straight actor playing a gay character and they'll say to me, "Oh my god, so he has no problem playing gay." And as a for myself as a gay actor who rarely I've only played gay on stage, but in TV and film, I don't do that. I, you never hear the person say to, to the gay actor, oh, my God, so you have no, prob- <laughs> you have no problem playing straight. <laughs> you know, it doesn't, 
I don't know if that tells us where we're still stuck a little bit in society, but um, I'm sure you've been asked that question before. What, what is your take on that? Because there is, you know, there's a certain mentality within the subculture sometimes that are like, Oh my God, he's got to be. And we, you know, he's got to be openly gay to play this character. Um, Which I disagree with, by the way, just FYI. But like you said, your character Mm -hmm. evolved into, into knowing his sexuality. Um, But I'm sure you've been asked that before, but I'm just curious if, how you feel about it. Yeah. You know, it's an interesting thing because um, you do have those people, uh, especially today um, and it seems, seems to have uh, getting uh, stronger opinions from the, from them uh, nowadays uh, the whole you know you need to be gay to play gay mm-hmm. I've, heard, I've heard that now recently um, and you know I've played heroin addicts I've never done heroin <laughs> in my life I've played right. a, you know a murderer I've never murdered someone like yes there are people that uh, have been heroin addicts that could probably uh, pull from the realism of it but mm-hmm. we're all mm-hmm. actors and we're telling stories and, and, and for for all intents and purposes that's our that's our job is, is to right. believably tell a story so um, for me as an actor I also want to push my limits and, and uh, stretch you know my wings and mm-hmm. if I can tap into a character that I've never been able to tap into my, you know as, as, as Eric uh, I'm, I'm growing and I'm learning and so I will take a challenge um, that comes my way, especially um, to get the opportunity to play a character that's uh, removed from myself, um, because then I, I feel I'm, I'm I'm really, you know, <laughs> I'm, right. I'm getting the opportunity to do what I love most, and that's you know storytelling um, at its finest, and really becoming somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it was never even a hesitation in my mind. Um, as I said, you know, I, I set my own personal, um, you know, boundaries as far as how far I, I would be comfortable taking something. Sure, um, sure. You know, but within within those boundaries, there's there's so many places to go. Um, so I don't ever want to limit myself. So I, I, I've had no issues uh, with it. I've actually gotten a lot of support from the gay community as well. Um, you know, coming from from theater in New York and mm-hmm. you know, I, this the community I, I feel like I'm a member of just through uh, osmosis at this point. Um, So, you know, all my, you know, LGBTQ friends and family um, have fully supported uh, this role and encouraged it. And there's always going to be some haters, I think. Uh, Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, the bottom line is, like you said, we're actors. And I do think I was going to, I was just going to say it before, and you said it about being from theater. You know, I think the difference, Eric, too, is like you're, you're in this to be an actor, not to be a quote TV star, or I'm, I'm not saying you you're turning that down, <laughs> but no, you know, there's a difference yeah. in wanting to be a, an actor as opposed to just being a, a celebrity or a star, you know? And I think, I think that issue that we're facing, like you must cast a, a gay person is more about like making eyes be on a certain project, you know, bringing the, the attention to the, the show, not so much about the actor. So I applaud you for, for doing that. And, you know, I, I think your generation and younger, honestly, is what is one of the main reasons we have gay marriage. We have so much acceptance because it seems to be my, our Ralph and I, our generation and older um, that want to just 
hang on to these labels, you know, they want to label everything. And, and uh, like I said, it's the younger generation that's kind of been, the thing I'm most impressed with, with the younger generation is how accepting they are uh, when it comes to things like sexuality and gender identity and all the, all those issues. Yeah, I completely agree. I completely agree. And, you know, social media is such a blessing and a curse. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, one of the many blessings it is, is it gives people the opportunity to see others um, that, you know, they can relate to. And then, yeah. you know, oh, there is somebody like that different than I am. There is, I'm not alone. I, you know, there are other me's out there. Um, and so I think, uh, you know, despite my, um, sexual orientation or what have you, there's somebody that got to watch Daniel's journey and related to it mm-hmm. so personally and that it moved so much that for me, that's all I could have hoped for. And even if it's just that one person that I was able to help in, in, in some way with their personal journey, I've done everything I could have hoped for with the role. And, you know, this is where I know sometimes as actors, we, or I tend to sort of like, go, oh, we're just acting, you know, what, what, you know, because like now we're, we're, uh, California has deemed us essential workers, you know, but the truth is, when you talk about what you just said, that, that is, we do do work at times that really do affect people's lives and their journeys. And so I want to segue quickly, I want to talk about The Inheritance, um, the Broadway play that how, first of all, congratulations on, I mean, producing a Broadway show. I, I have some friends that have been in that area and I know what a what a task that can be so um tell everyone about the inheritance and it and it are you looking to will it come back in when things reopen again or how did all this happen for you um it's interesting it's such uh first of all thank you for for the kind words and yeah it is you know producing a Broadway show is a it's a challenging feat uh, and definitely a lot different than TV and film. Uh, but for me, it was about going uh, back to my roots and, and, mm-hmm. and my love of acting stemmed from theater. Um, and as same, same for my wife. We both started out in theater. Um, her, much younger than even I. Um, but so when, when we started producing uh, a number of years ago, um, it was, you know, with the intention of, of creating more content for ourselves and getting to create something that we want to, um, be a part of and, and put ourselves mm-hmm. in as actors as well. And then it kind of stemmed from there when I really started actually loving the producing side of things. Um, and our dream was always to produce a Broadway show uh, because again, that's where we came from. That's our love. Um, you know, I was fortunate enough to be in a Broadway musical um, as an actor. I always thought it'd be an amazing opportunity to get to produce one as well to help other actors. Um, and uh, so we, Long story short, um, a producer that I've worked with in the past and that has known uh, we've wanted to produce on Broadway, who's sent us a a lot of shows over the years, um, happened to bring us The Inheritance. And um, it it checked every single box for us. Um, Mm. It's just a masterpiece of theater. um, And the storytelling is just absolutely incredible. And it, it, it takes place, it has to do with the AIDS epidemic. And it's so mm-hmm. crazy how much uh, it's kind of paralleling our, our, our today. Um, right. In so many words um, with the coronavirus pandemic. Um, and uh, so we, we jumped on board right away. It just checked every single box. 
um, and then it had a very successful run in London uh, where it won the Laurence Olivier for Best New Play mm. and all these wow. other incredible awards. Uh, so they were like, all right, it's time to bring this to Broadway. Um, had a wonderful run in New York. Obviously, things, you know, the pandemic happened and such, so everything kind of came to a halt. Um, Tony nominations. And uh, we won't be going back to uh, Broadway uh, when it opens up, uh, but we're going to start bringing it to other parts of the world. Uh, so we, we're slated for the Geffen Playhouse in L.A. Oh, wow. And, uh, That's huge. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't, I'm not familiar I'm not familiar with the play, but is there a part that you would be able to play in the show or is it, or, or not? Yeah, actually it's, it's a whole cast of young men. Uh, there's, there's, there's there's one, uh, actor who's probably, you know, my father's age and then an actress, uh, about the same. Um, but the rest is an ensemble of young men. Uh, and it's absolutely something that, um, I hope to be a part of on the stage as well at one point. Um, because the just these roles for for young men in this play are just it's incredible. Um, so I, I do look forward to uh, you know it's interesting even even when you're we're producing something uh, for Broadway, uh, there's so much uh, more uh, behind the scenes. I can't just like put myself in it. You know, oh I no! I have to go right. <laughs> through the whole process and such. Right. Um, but what it does is give me the leg up in the, in the fact that, you know, um, I've been a part of it for so long, so I know it so well. Um, mm-hmm. so, you know, as opposed to an actor that's just getting the audition and, you know, trying to create it up, you know, create the character for himself. Well, I, I, I know where it's supposed to go and what it's supposed to be. So I guess I have a leg up in that aspect. Um, but that's pretty much my well, only leg up. Yeah. You know, with film it, and TV, it, I can produce it and put myself in it if I want to, but not, not for uh, not for theater. It's different. Well, it's interesting because again, Ralph and I were part. We actually lived through the AIDS crisis, and my my early theater experiences. I did uh, the Normal Heart, which was one of the first plays about AIDS uh, during mm. during that time. Boys in the Band, mm-hmm. which is you know kind of a classic. In fact, Ryan Murphy re- remade the film this yeah. uh, summer. So it's um. It's interesting. I like to hear that there's a, a current play that's dealing with the the epidemic because you're right. I mean, it, Ralph and I have said many times how looking back on how people have reacted during this pandemic, <clears throat> it's very similar in certain ways, the way it was politicized. And, you know, um, the big difference was there was so much shame around um, AIDS, which there's not shame around coronavirus but then people are being shamed for like wearing masks and you know uh, trying to do the right thing so um i can't wait mm-hmm. to see it when it comes to the geffen for sure yeah and it really is a, a it's just an epic play it's, it takes place in two shows so it's two different days you have to go um if you want to see the whole thing, it's kind of like uh, you know, Angels in America. I was parts. just going to say, it reminds me of Angels in America. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And it's actually, uh, it's a modern adaptation of um, Howard's End. Um, yeah. Oh, yes. He, he, he took Howard's End and, and, and based this play off of it. Um, but of course, made the characters, um, you know, it's, it's slightly different. Um, uh-huh. But it is very much this play where you sit down, you watch these 
actors tell this story with basically no set whatsoever. The first play is like three and a half hours, which is extremely long for a, a piece of theater. And it ends and you don't even move in your seat. You just, you can't wait for, for the next part. And then you come back the next day. And again, you sit through this long journey and it ends and you expect everyone <laughs> to, to be antsy and ready to move because it's been so many hours of theater, but nobody even like you could, you could hear a pin drop. It's so quiet and so immersive. The show, um, it, it really is a powerhouse. It, I'm so excited for LA to be able to see it, and um, it's it's been such a joy to be a part of in some even a small capacity. Well, it's interesting. I was just remembering back when I saw Angels in America. I actually saw it at the uh, at the Amazon Theater in Los Angeles in the early to mid '90s, and it was a Sunday, so you could do the you could do the matinee and come back in the evening. And I'm thinking now with with our short attention spans due to our ADD now due to um, social media. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. You know, we, it, it, you're right. It is a true testament these days to get people to actually sit that long and be engaged in something. So, bravo, mm-hmm. hats off to you guys for sure. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, you know, you never know what's going to work and what's not, but it happened to work so well in, in London. So we, we had a, a good feeling that it would get the same response in New York and it, and it really did. So they're so happy. Well, tell us um, what do you have upcoming projects? I mean, we've got the play and I know right now things are sort of in limbo, but do you have stuff to look forward to in 2021? I'm sure the Bay is going to continue as well. Continue. Um, I just had a movie release um, recently called One Night in San Diego. Uh, it's a comedy, uh, female-driven comedy. Uh, I play a really, really funny role in it. Uh, so that's out right now. That's the newest thing that literally just released. Um, and you can get that on all video-on-demand platforms, Amazon, iTunes, all of them. Um, so if you're looking to laugh and kind of escape for a little bit, definitely check that out. Um, but as far as upcoming everything is still kind of paused. We're, we're kind uh-huh. of in limbo. Um, yeah. Kind of waiting to see when things are going to start um, back up. Um, I know, you know, specifically New York theater, um, it's still going to be quite some time. Um, but, uh, oh, you know, it's interesting. We just did a table read last night. Um, Sandy and I are producing um, a short with uh, a new production company that um, – was started by my best friend um, called Black uh, Black Man Films. And uh, it's a company geared towards, um, you know, shining light on the Black Lives Matter movement uh, Mm -hmm. through film. Uh, So kind of combining uh, art and activism together. Um, And we're going to go to New York and we're going to shoot that. Uh, It was going to be January, but I think we're pushing our dates to February right now for one of our actor schedules. Um, so that is our first uh, project with the production company. Um, I'll be in it as well, called A Thousand Cuts. And um, oh, that's kind of just the, the first step in our company of releasing. Um, you know, we're going to, we have got features coming up through the company as well. So uh, I'm pretty excited about it because, again, it, it really is uh, not only creating art, but, but making a big difference uh, at the same time. Um, at a time when I think, you know, it's, it's so important to be doing so. 
Well, are you doing also the self-tape as us all actors are these days? Are you are you doing self-taping for auditions or is that? Yes, I mean, you know that uh, <laughs> it, it was becoming such the the norm for auditioning even before the pandemic. You know, yeah. self-taping, and uh-huh. now it's that's all there is. It's one hundred percent of the audition process. Um, so yes, that is. You know, I am taping uh, for stuff. You know, it's a lot slower and, and, and more mm-hmm. quiet than it was before. Uh, but but things are happening. So, you know. Well, that's the beauty. That, that's a great thing now about living. You can almost live wherever. Um, exactly. No more. Quite honestly, I Ralph and I, I don't know. We laugh about it. I, I don't know if I care if I ever go into a room again. You know, I'm Not I'm very happy to just... <laughs> I'm very happy. The problem is I've only worked once during this pandemic. I've gotten so comfortable, like you said, from doing everything at home. When I, when I booked the movie, I was like, Oh shit. Now I have to go do it. I actually have to leave the house. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we get a little spoiled now. Yeah. Shave and and put on pants today. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Right. Was your, was your table read last night, Eric, via zoom? Yeah. Yeah, everything I've done remotely, uh, done a number of, of readings and, and, and such, even shot a musical uh, remotely. We had to all had to record our parts separately, and then they tied it all together. Um, has all been done uh, through Zoom. Wow. That's amazing. Now, That's when amazing. you recorded your parts separately, how did you explain that? Uh, so it was interesting because you obviously can't sing with other actors on Zoom because the, the timing never syncs up. Um, so we would have to record it on our own um, on our own cameras to make it look like it's being recorded on our computer, and mm-hmm. we would submit just for the musical tracks, and then we would submit that to the production team, and they would splice that in uh, to the actual uh, script itself. Oh, that's amazing! Yeah, yeah it really, really is. Cool. Yeah, it's amazing wow. now. I mean, we that's what we were saying, you know, going forward like w- there's been some really positive things about the pandemic. I mean, we we're starting to realize now uh, you know, so many things that could be sort of uh changed and save save money on productions and office space and stuff like that. So, um well, listen, the time the time is flying. I want everyone to know they can follow you on Twitter. It's at Eric Nelson and Instagram is Eric Nelson official. Is there a website or is there another place people can follow you or just kind of keep track with you on social media? Social media would be the the best thing right now, uh, especially Instagram. I love Instagram these days and I'm I'm much more Mm -hmm. active on it than any other platform. Um, So yes, please, you know, shout me out or let me know uh, who you are on Twitter or Instagram. And I'd love to uh, hear from you guys and um, stay in touch. Absolutely. And everyone check out today at 3 PM this new uh, episode of the Bay on Amazon prime. And Eric, it's been a pleasure buddy to meet you. You're really, really impressive. And, you know, from, from an, from an old guy here, I'm just telling you, I'm so impressed with everything you've done in your career and as a as a young man congratulations again on the on the marriage and you'd love to meet Sainty and the baby at one point but uh keep up the great work and stay safe and we'll hopefully see you soon in person. Thank you. 
Thank you guys so much. It was you were very welcome, and... Eric. This was a lot of fun. You're very articulate and very fun to listen to. Absolutely. Uh, well, thank and, you, guys. Uh, and I, happy, really happy holidays you. as well. Yes, likewise to you too. Everyone out there, have a happy holiday. And, uh, you know, we're, we're almost through it, guys. <laughs> Next year is going to be a whole different story. So let's just, let's just keep trucking and staying positive together. Okay. All right, buddy. Hang in there. Take care. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. Wow. I feel like a schleppy, lazy pig. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no. I'm just I'm so impressed with I'm so impressed with young people today. And he's, you know, he's about to be 30. That's a whole exciting new uh, decade of his life. But well, like you said, when you start working at 13, you know, he's a 17 year veteran. Yeah. In yeah. And you're only 56. So you're not old. You keep referring. No, to I know. But it's just, you know, I just think back, you know, to, well, we were, you know, we were doing our thing then also at, at 29. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. Wow. It's just, again, hats off to, J.R. Rosenberg for continually to bring bring us these amazing guests. And as as always, thank you to Gregory uh, J. Martin for putting together such an incredible team. I mean, you really, I mean, I think he said it best when he said, you know, you, you, you find the, the cream of the crop and you sort of stick with it. And that's what, I mean, that's what I'm trying to do in my production company. That's what we do. That's what we do at Newman Thomas. That's what you and I do. So Ralph, we do listen. that in life. That's a human nature thing to do. You want to, you know, <clears throat> you want to surround yourself with love and 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 comfortability. And hula hoops. And hula hoops. Yeah. I think if if more people hula hooped, that would be a happier place. And okay. so, as we just want to let everyone know, we will be taking a break. We this is our last episode of season six. We'll be coming back. January 21st, the day after the inauguration, with Season 7, Episode 1. We're going to be doing a very special Breaking the News with Ralph and Erica Renee Davis, and we're going to have a very special political pundit who's going to be joining us to weigh in on everything. That's the day after the inauguration. So everyone, just... Be safe, be healthy, have a blessed and happy, happy holidays, happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas. Ralph, I will be talking to you probably an hour from now. But um, <laughs> thank you, Ralph, for hanging in there with us and for being a part of the show for all these Absolutely. seasons. I know there were some there were some unfortunate bus accidents along the way. But Years ago, in- yes, we have survived that, thank goodness, and come out on the other side like we will with this virus. Battered and beaten down, but not out for the count, right? Exactly. All right. Listen, everyone, be safe. Much love. Thanks to our sponsors. Thanks to everyone for listening. And we will see you in 2021. Bye. Bye, Planet Eartha. Thanks for checking out One on One with Jasper Cole. Check out past episodes and get the latest as they're released. Subscribe today on iTunes, Stitcher, and YouTube.